Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to the podcast. And today I'm talking to a pretty interesting guest. It's another interview episode that we're doing. And I'm honestly the most curious in this podcast interview to ask a ton of questions about how he was able to take his agency to multiple million dollar run rate per year and really dig into some of those questions. And uh, we're going to get stuck into this episode in just a second. Here we go, guys. Welcome to High Ticket Podcast Rebels, where we cut the crap, laugh at our own jokes, and show high ticket coaches just how easy it is to build a 30K a month coaching business using nothing but a podcast. Ready to scale your coaching business to multiple six, seven, or even eight figures? Let's go. All right, guys, here we go. I've got an amazing guest today. I'm super excited to bring him on the show. He's known in the industry as the email paramedic, um, literally going in and fixing and saving the lives of email for so many people who end up in the spam box or that horrible place that isn't the priority inbox where all of us want to be. And for any of you guys who are listening who are wondering, you know, well, why are my emails not hitting the same way as they were before? Hopefully, we're going to be able to shed a bit of light on that today. And uh, I'm super excited. He's worked with incredible entrepreneurs for from huge companies like Vshred. He's worked with Traffic and Funnels. Uh, he's worked with even people like Rich Sheffron. For any of you OGs out there who love direct response, you'll know his name. And if you don't, then definitely check it out. So guys, I'm super excited to bring in the email paramedic himself, Troy Erickson. What's up, bro? Welcome to the show. Thank you, Jamie. I appreciate it. And I'm equally as excited because high ticket is my thing. Love it. Well, we do love high ticket here because, you know, we just like to get paid for, for what we're worth and sometimes more than that on top. So Troy, real quick, um, because I want to give you, you know, a little bit of a chance to introduce yourself and kind of share a little bit about where you are and kind of where you came from, you know, share a little bit about you and what you do and kind of how you've grown just in the last year with the audience. Yeah, to tell a little more of the whole story, um, in 2000. 19, I had just come off of a college baseball career that ended a little short, and I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life. Like, I kind of liked marketing, um, and I ended up finding this course online that taught me about Facebook ads. And uh, I was following the guy for a while. I sold the course, gave a lot of value. I watched it, and I started getting Facebook ad clients off of Upwork. Um, eventually, I had a couple of my own. It was going okay. The ads were looking pretty good. And they were like, hey, we need to fire you. I was like, wait, what are you talking about? Like, the ads are doing good. And they're like, no, we need to fire you. And I said back, I was like, no, I'm not losing you. Like, tell me what's wrong. And they were like, okay, okay. Like, our emails are not doing well. So, like, we have to shut the ads off because we're not making money. And I was like, all right, well, like, let me try to fix it. I didn't know what to do. Um, so I took a little bit of skill that I had from kind of, like, mingling around in my other client's email account. Um and they had severe spam issues, and they didn't really write that many emails. And if they did, they were really bad. So I went in, and I fixed it, and they went from around 13K a month in email to 51,000 in a month. Like, obviously, in 30 days, that's a huge job. It's like a 4X almost. Um, so it, it took a little bit of time, and I got them to that point. And I was like, man, this seems a lot more lucrative to me personally if I just – mess with their emails instead of this red sea of Facebook marketers that were popping up around that time. And so that's what I started to do. Um, and then at that point, I, I kind of made an agency more or less. It's probably doing like four to six K a month, writing some copy, doing some deliverability. Um, went to a couple of events, made a couple of connections with really awesome people. Eventually made it to around like 30, 35 K a month. Um, just writing emails. I was very overworked, believe me. 
Uh, and then I started launching some like info products and, and other high ticket offers with better hooks that were much better than other people who had email agencies, which is, you know, still fewer people than Facebook ad agencies. So I just kind of like niche down over time into an area where there's not much other competition and I'm the best. <laughs> I love it, man. And so one of the things that I'm really fascinated to ask you a lot about today is the agency and the structure and, you know, what it takes to be able to operate at that highest level. And, you know, I know we talked about, you know, before coming on the show, being okay with sharing numbers and, you know, talking about it. And I really like that because I think, you know, it helps with transparency for people who are trying to look at the advice you give and say, okay, well, should I be doing this now or should I wait till later? So with the revenue that you're producing right now, Troy, like how much of that revenue comes from the agency versus say like other products, like the info products and stuff that you've got? Sure. So in 2021, we did $2 million. Um, before, like obviously early in the year, it was like 60K a month. In the middle, it was like 305 and it kind of tapered off toward the end because holidays drive up ad costs and all that. But um, the whole point, like at our peak in July, gosh, I would say probably close to half of that was promo tab projects. So like fixing people's emails go to the promo tab or the spam folder really kills their open rates. So we instantly fix that and we place a guarantee on it that people will get higher open rates in sales. That's the main hook that I put out there. Um, we did a lot of JVs like with Rich Sheffern. The ads were like brand new, so they were really kicking butt. Um, and then at that time, I would say maybe like 50 grand was monthly clients where we do everything for them. So like fix their deliverability, write all our emails, fix their automations. Um, and then the remainder of that was just like some random one-off projects, coaching, consulting, you know, I have a group. So there's a lot going on. Um, honestly, the promo tab projects are probably more than half that. It's probably closer to two thirds. It was crazy. But today it's more like, I would say the agency is like 70 or 80 and we're working on new things right now that I'm happy to share where I think that's going to increase a ton in the next 30 days. Um, promo tab projects a bit lighter because we're pushing people into retainers more. And, um, you know, coaching is, uh, is still going really strong. So a lot of shifts and fundamental changes, but I mean, it's kind of a good time for me to be on here and talk about some of the shifts that I'm making. Yeah, because I think, you know, I'm, maybe I'm speaking for my own experiences and agency in the past or maybe some of the people in the audience. I, I feel like some people begin to struggle as they take on more clients, right? And so, you know, they try and charge more money, then they have more deliverables and then they have to hire people and that can be challenging to get somebody to come in and do the same job as you so if you hire someone who's really good there's re they're really expensive you know and i've spoken to a lot of um agency people who you know are doing sometimes 50 to a hundred thousand dollars in revenue top line but actually are only really taking home you know maybe five or six thousand dollars a month sometimes less which is kind of crazy by the time they've paid all the expenses so just for you know um a baseline, Troy, you know, how many people do you have on your team that are sort of working within your um, agency as such? Yeah, as of right now, we have six in person, and then we have a couple of people that are remote. Um, usually remote people are part-time, but everybody who comes in, you know, full-time, there's a couple who have other side projects, which is fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, the whole key to profitability is just like making sure that you're, A, hiring good people. And the place you find good people is through your network. 
the worst thing you can do is go solo in entrepreneurship and you're like, oh, I have to hire. Let me go on Indeed. Let me go on whatever site. Like, maybe it works for some people, but for me, it's like I already have a group of people that I train and like the best people just rise to the top. And that's where I hired my very first person from, it's Oscar, and he does an amazing job. And I, like, I hired him knowing already that he does an amazing job, so there are no questions about it. And then everybody else I've hired has come from either my group or a very similar group of a network that I'm in. Um, because there's ways in business to predict things before they happen. So you just find somebody who you know is good and you just hire them. Um, and then scaling slowly, right? So make sure that the first person you get like you make, you can make some SOPs for, there's a framework, everything's going smooth. You start them out with like one or two clients and then I work my guys up to five. Um, and if we don't do anything more than that, otherwise it gets to be too much. So, and then you just have to know your numbers. Like, okay, like what are we getting from our clients up front? What are we getting as a bonus? And just figuring out like, okay, what piece of the bonus can I share on top of the base for everybody who works with me? My team members, I don't like to use the word employees. Um, and just running the numbers and uh, making it a, a win for me, a win for my team, a win for the client. So in terms of, um, you know, as you've gone through this process and as you've kind of scaled up and changed things, it was interesting you said that you had a lot of these promo tab projects and you've also got, you know, some of the retainer clients that are in there as well and a few JVs mixed in. Um, the promo tab projects from the outside, it kind of sounds like those are kind of like one and done projects but they've probably got sort of lower deliverability, you know, lower deliverables in terms of kind of getting it out there. Are they sort of the easy ones to bang out nice and easy and, and it's kind of like your bread and butter? Yeah, I mean, at the beginning, it definitely took a lot more work and now, you know, we have things down to a science and it's not as difficult as it was. So, I mean, the thing is, you always have to anticipate that there's going to be a little bit extra hardship than you expect. Because some people would go into their account, and, oh, all of a sudden, you know, they have two more accounts they didn't tell us about. And, like, they all have spam problems. We have to spend extra time on that. But, um, I mean, some of the one-time projects are smooth, and then some of them don't go as smooth. But at the end of the day, it's just setting up a system and having a way to take them from one time and just really putting other things in front of them. Like, hey, did you know we also do this? Or even on the call, you can ask them, like, hey, uh, does anybody write your emails right now? Uh, and just low-hanging fruit like that. And we also worked with a guy named Chad Durfee, who's on Reed Bauer's team, for setting up like a better referral program where we literally give people gifts. Um, and then just like retaining clients by putting them in like a Facebook, like private mastermind kind of group where they can ask questions and see other people and, and really be excited about being in our community rather than just like, oh, it's the agency. I got you. Yeah, it's it sounds like you're trying to find ways to sort of get and keep clients for longer, you know, rather than going and try and acquire new clients all the time. What do you see as like some of the biggest mistakes agency owners make in the beginning, you know, just from your own experience? Yeah, from the beginning, um, gosh, I mean, the first thing when you're starting out, at least what I did, is I know a lot of people talk about Facebook groups and value posts, and then some people are like, oh, that doesn't work. But the way that I do it, or that I did it when I started out was, I take things that I'm actually trying, that I'm actually implementing. Even if I didn't have a client, I would be practicing things, looking at things. And then just as I try them, I just like make a list of all the things I've tried. Maybe some of them are weird, unusual, 
maybe you know you get a client and you try something new and it works try something different than normal and you just make a list of all the things that you've tried and then you go in a facebook group and you're like hey by the way um here's this crazy like email thing i did and how well it worked and you just talk about something new they haven't heard about before if you're in the facebook group nothing held back this is pretty much what goes on all day so that's a basic place to post it um you just post stuff like that and there's no call to action there's nothing people engage with the post you just message them and say hey like John thanks so much and you know I appreciate the fact that you read my post appreciate it and like that's it so there's to it and by talking to people and having conversations naturally like the people who engage maybe they have a list that needs copyright maybe they want to try the strategy that you talked about maybe you can make a loom video for them that like implements the strategy on one of their emails um so there's all kinds of things that like early on people are just like they don't want to dedicate a lot of time to one strategy. It's like let's try 10 different ones and like oh no, none of them work and they write all of them off and sometimes they give up but um and just like really good customer service too. I'm not saying you have to spend like eons of time on each client but you need a framework where you can get them results and it doesn't take too much of your time. So like start small, it's okay. Uh you can definitely fill up your client roster with the strategy I just said. and then use that capital to create an interesting hook to run ads with. So for me, it's the promo tab. Cuz not like Ian Stanley of course he was the first one to kind of like make the market aware of that, but I'm the only one who like does it for you and gets you out like for you. It's not an info product, you do it for you. And like nobody else really talks about that or, or does it in that capacity. So I'm playing in my own ballpark when it comes to that. and that's why we get a lot of clients because we offer higher deliverability. It's like whatever you write, I guarantee mine will do better because more people will see it. No, I like it. Um in terms of as you've been sort of scaling the agency, what have been your own personal challenges that you've kind of gone through as as things well, pretty quickly ramped up, right? Like, you know, out the blue, you start to do a lot more money last year, you know, from 60k to 300k's. Pretty crazy a 5x, you know, lift on what you're doing each month. Um what were some of those challenges that you faced yeah i'd say the biggest challenge was just um like when you scale you really need to have like people that you can trust and add to your team right away um so you can't hit the panic button you kind of have to like i mentioned earlier know your network and know who you can tap into and train um a couple other like shocking pieces to me uh as we started to scale further um like margins obviously they go down a lot and you just have to figure out ways like don't panic like don't worry if you have like a $37 a month subscription like that's like people worry too much about that stuff and they cancel that and like they have a gaping hole in like the way that they acquire people it's costing them like thousands and they're stepping over dollars to pick up pennies but you kind of have to just look at your margins from like a, a higher perspective see where you can be more efficient um and over time you start to figure out what works and what doesn't how you can increase your margins the second thing that really popped was like i've always like had a lot of pride in the quality that we put out for our clients because like i'm not going to lie most agencies are trash and sorry i shouldn't say most but a lot well um, i think most way. means over 50% and i think that's right you know most okay. are trash okay. fair enough i don't want to insult any friends um by any means but Um that's that's like the reputation right like people are like agencies are trash and then like I am an agency so I pride myself on like delivering actual quality work 
But as you scale, and if you don't have those frameworks in place, some people get upset. And early on, like there were some people getting upset because we were making silly mistakes that we never made when we had a smaller team. And it was kind of eye-opening to me because I never want to be one of the agencies that's perceived as trash. Um, so it was kind of eye-opening to realize like how hard it is sometimes to try and maintain the quality as you're doing more and more and more business. Yeah, I really, I kind of resonate with with both those pieces. I mean, the missing the, the gaping hole thing is huge. You know, one of the things that we've shifted to in our own business model is that we did a lot of, you know, ad acquisition and we did Facebook ads to a typical VSL funnel and, you know, everything was great and everything's going great. But over time, you know, our ad costs have risen, you know, dramatically to the point where we were paying nearly personally about $2,000 to acquire a customer, which is still profitable, but you know, it was a lot more expensive than, than what we'd done before. And so we see a lot of people who go through these kind of same challenges. It's like they're trying to fix the, you know, the product or the sales or all these different things. But like, there's that big thing. that's a huge problem. We recently just switched over to like a fixed cost acquisition model. So, and I don't know if you're aware of this, Troy, but like in our business, we do a lot of podcast interviews with different clients and things like that. And we do the podcast interviews to make the sales. And so we just started building out a sales team and, you know, getting the sales team to attract and generate clients for us instead, because I know exactly what I'm going to pay for the client because I'm paying the team commission, you know, and uh, I've seen a lot of people shift into this sort of older way of doing marketing now a lot of my friends are doing cold emailing you know or doing cold calling or these sort of fixed cost acquisition models instead because it's able to be a lot lot cheaper sometimes than the traditional models that we always assumed were the cheapest way to acquire customers yeah i mean it all works to some extent um i had a recent podcast with lauren tickner and we were just talking about this it's like everything works but you just have to pick one thing and stick to it. And like, I know people who are even doing podcast VSLs where they make it look like a podcast, but it's a VSL in disguise. Very sneaky, and it's like doing well right now. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of amazing strategies out there for sure. Yeah, no, I like it. So, in terms of um, for your agency, obviously, you're going to continue to scale. It sounds like you're shifting more to a recurring kind of revenue model instead. You know, you kind of mentioned at the beginning of the show, this is a good chance for you to dig into some of the things that you're changing. I wanted to spend a bit of time talking about that. So what are some of the, the shifts that you're making and why are you making them? Yeah, so a recent shift I made is we had a pricing model that was like, all right. I, I mean, we've generated, just to be clear up front, like I have clients that within 60 days, I've made them 125000 extra dollars per month. We charge them five grand. So they're literally getting like a 25x on their money and they canceled. And I, I'm like, what is going on? Like, are you out of your mind? And they went back to doing the same things they did before and they're making way less money. I'm just thinking like, what, what happened? <laughs> and it's like, if people do things like that and they try to, like this is what I was talking about earlier. Like when you, somebody makes you 125 extra grand, canceling a 5k a month subscription is crazy, but people do that because they look over their expenses and try to cut costs instead of like investments. But I, I came to realize that like, no matter how weird that sounds, like when you talk to somebody about it, they just don't want to pay up front. Like that was all the proof I needed. Like, okay, if I made you that much extra, you don't want to pay up front, I have to switch something. Like some people will do that. Like I've had clients on that model for over a year. They love it. 
But I was like, I want to get more clients. So we're going to do percentage only. But there's a stipulation to that. Um, you have to put a, down a deposit. Generally $1,000, I'm experimenting. I might bump it up a little bit, right? Because there's like a quality versus quantity like scale that you can move it on. Um, and we're seeing how it goes this month. And we're in the middle of that right now. Uh, and there, it's higher risk, higher reward. Um, because we should be able to get more than 5K a month. And we had a few bonus structures in there, so it was like usually five to six. But with this, I think we can get like five to ten. Um, and they pay after. So they're happier, even though they pay more. Like human logic doesn't always make sense. Now, that's just for the recurring model. For acquisition, we were, you know, we ran ads for over a year straight to the promo tab off. Works great. People opt in, read a sales letter, watch a video, book a call, buy. Now, people have seen that for way too long. It picked up the low-hanging fruit. Some of the leads we're getting are lower quality. It costs more to get somebody on the phone. The closing rate goes down. And there's just all these elements of fatigue. And like even though we do close people, some people, they don't even like understand email at all. It blew my mind. So what we're doing now is we're switching to a low-ticket offer. Um, and this, is, this sounds crazy. Just wait till it comes out. It's coming out soon. Um, I'm going to show you how to grow your email list by up to 9,193 subscribers with like five minutes of work. Um, it's crazy, but it's a good hook. I'm excited for it to launch. Um, so that's going to be our main low ticket offer. And we're just going to flood the email list with new people who are buying that, just flood it. And it's just a, a huge like increase in quality of the people who will be getting on the phone. Uh, we're going to raise our prices for some of our back-end offers. Um, we're going to also have downsells for like done-with-you options. And we're just overall going to push more people into the, the overall recurring model. Because if we do everything for them, they're going to get way better results than if we do one thing for them. It's the most serving thing we can do. So first is recurring. If they don't want to do that, we'll pitch our current service, but the price is higher. And if they don't want to do that, then we'll be done with you. And we're just going to simplify the business, like, okay, acquire with low ticket, get them on the phone. They have three simple options. That's it. Yeah, I think it's really interesting because, you know, for us that come from the ClickFunnels world, we love the idea and principle of the value ladder. But what I found personally, and, you know, especially chatting with a lot of people who are doing like eight figures and above, is that the value ladder doesn't usually come into play until you're doing kind of two to three million dollars. And that's when it sort of becomes a necessity because this challenge that you're having right now is makes a lot of sense. It's, you know, you've got those people in your circle, you've got the acquisition model, you've got the high ticket kind of working, but up to a point, it becomes more challenging to find those people. And so, you know, I'm a big fan of $100 million offers by Alex Amosi. And I, I love that you said about going the percentage only approach, because, you know, that's a big thing he talks about in his book, you know, you can charge much more money, you can have much more um, people taking you up on it. So I'm super excited to hear how that goes about. But uh, one of my other friends, a guy called... Um, Bastian, he's doing about $6 million a year now in his business. He just recently did exactly the same thing, Troy, you know, introducing a low ticket offer. But I think it's important for anybody listening, you know, just bear in mind, like, don't start with that necessarily. Um, of course, you can choose to do anything you want. And, you know, if you just pick one thing, you'll probably be <laughs> successful. But I think for a lot of us, sticking to the high ticket is going to be the fastest and easiest way to get momentum. 
but it's interesting you're talking about going down that route now. Does that add a lot more complexity into your agency, Troy, in terms of implementing all of those systems on the back end? Um, not too much. I mean, I've done low ticket before. And again, like I wouldn't recommend starting with it, like you just said. But at the time, I didn't really know. I was like, I just want to have an info product because I thought it was cool. Um, thankfully, a lot of those people eventually converted into high ticket because it's such a great offer. Like guarantee I can increase your open rates or you don't pay. Like, why would you not take that? But um, restarting with low ticket, uh, I mean, everything we teach in low ticket are basically like ninja tricks, right? Or like, I should say email secrets, because that's one of the names of my groups. Um, and that's kind of what I brand myself around, like email secrets. So all the secrets that we actually do in our agency, we just pull little secrets out and sell those as low ticket. So it's like the strategy is already done. The product is already built. We already have so much content and social proof and testimonials. Um, I already wrote out the landing page a long time ago because the idea was so exciting that I just like got it out of the way because I knew I would sell it one day. Um, so now we just have to you know, finish the funnel, which can take time, um, write some new emails. And uh, I mean, not as much work as you'd think, but still a lot goes into it. Totally. One thing I'm curious on, and I just want to throw this out there, you know, it sounds like when you work with certain clients, you're able to get them, you know, honestly, millions of extra dollars per year kind of going into their bank account. You know, if you're bringing them an extra two to three million dollars a year, there's some huge upside there. Um, out of interest, is there a reason why you never thought about creating like a six figure offer, like saying to somebody, look, this is going to cost you, say, like a hundred grand. You know, we know we can deliver literally millions of dollars to you. Is that something that's ever crossed your mind? I mean, with the new model we have, it's a lot more possible, right? It's like, right, I'm talking to a retail food brand. And if we completely like blow up how much money they're making with their list, like that could turn into a six-figure offer over the course of several months. Um, so it just kind of depends. But uh, And it's also understanding, like, I don't necessarily need to have that right now. I just want to make progress because I just joined a hundred million mastermind in November. The, the first event is about to happen. Met up with Joel Marion and just like being around people like that, you start to realize like they build their company. They learn a lot. They do an amazing job. They exit the company and then they use those funds to just go invest in other companies. Um, and by investing, getting a piece of it, using your expertise to scale that business and then exiting that, you know, you make, a lot of money like that is way more than a six-figure offer so just kind of like seeing the next steps in front of me i don't think i'm too far away from deals where you know you're making six figures from it now they take a while um to deliver but i no longer see that as something that's like impossible a year ago i've been like you are out of your mind but now right. i can see it right yeah it's it's kind of mind-blowing when you start to think about the possibilities of something like that um, so yeah, I'm always just super curious to, to throw that out in the air. So Troy, I mean, we talked a lot about, you know, scaling up the agency. We focused a lot on that. Is there any other sort of, um, challenges that you faced or anything you think is worth sharing on the podcast about what you've kind of gone through just in the last year or so? Yeah. I mean, I think one thing that's really nice too, is understanding that, uh, not everybody wants your exact high ticket offer because of how it is. Like some people don't want them to some people want coaching. And whether you start out with high ticket, like you can always downsell the low ticket. Um, and for me, having a subscription with 450 people in it, the price is 100 bucks a month. Now, 
some of those people got in back when it was 50 bucks a month. But I mean, that alone does like 30 something a month. And that's just such a nice like thing to have that it was built from just me being smart and having a down sell and just like teaching what I already know. Um, so that's something I'd recommend too. Is like, you got to have a down sell too. Like not just moving up the ladder, but moving down the ladder. A lot of those people come back later. I had one client they were doing about 400 K a month. Uh, we went ahead and we implemented a low ticket offer for everybody who had been on the list for a couple of weeks and didn't buy a high ticket. So we sold a bunch of low ticket offers. 4% of those people came back and bought high ticket later for five grand. And there were a lot of, lot of low ticket buyers, 4%. Well, high ticket later. Um, and then that started working. So they started running ads to the low ticket offer as well. And now they're doing two million a month. I think they're actually higher than that now. But basically five X by creating a low ticket offer and you know, one thing led to another, more ads, putting more money into the business. And um, it's been amazing. So there's so many ways to do things and down sales are, are great too. And so when you introduce those downsell offers, you're sort of thinking on a, okay, we've got, um, you know, seven or 10 day or whatever the window is to sell the high ticket offer when you're acquiring customers and bringing them in, but then you just put them in an email sequence for the low ticket offer after. Pretty much. Yeah. Perfect. There you go, guys. Nice little nugget, nice little takeaway. And, um, it's really interesting actually, because I've seen you go from having, you know, I think when I first saw that group, Troy, I think you might've had like 50 people in it or something kind of like that. So it's really awesome to hear you up to the sort of 400, 450 people inside of that group now as it's grown. But I was always curious to learn more about the agency side because I see that and I see the work that you do. But then I also see the success you're having. And I'm like, there's got to be more going on behind the scenes inside of that process. Yeah, thank you. And, and the group started out like I didn't even know what I wanted to make out. But it just kind of morphed into what it is today. Um so if you're thinking about starting something like that, like it's okay if you don't have the perfect idea. Typically a good idea is just going to be like, you kind of have to survey your email list. Like just send them an email and be like, hey, what's your biggest question about blank? Or blank is like whatever you do. Or the biggest objection you hear about your high ticket offer. Like take those things and like mold together something low ticket and start there and just see where it leads. So yeah, it's been really fun to grow. I've never run an ad to it before, but I'm going to start doing that and that will present its own challenges. And I can't wait to conquer them. <laughs> awesome, man. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of fun. All right. Well, dude, thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate you sharing all of the different knowledge bombs. If anybody wants to find out more about you, Troy, or kind of get connected or you know, get into your world, where's the best place for them to go? Yeah, so if you're interested in uh, email deliverability, guaranteed increased help in sales, that's emailparamedic.com. Um, on the coaching side of things, email secretsinnercircle.com. And if you want to reach me, I am very active on Facebook. That's perfect. All right, Troy. Well, listen, I appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you so much for sharing kind of behind the scenes. And I appreciate you being so open and honest about some of the challenges and some of the things you've done to grow. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to see where the next 12 months take you. Thank you as well.